Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, we pray the song that we just sang, that you open our eyes so that we see you, so that when we act, when we move, you are the one that guides us and leads us. Help us, God, to fix our eyes on Jesus our perfecter, and the pioneer of our faith. So, Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Probably the biggest understatement that I can make today, and probably is what you felt on January 1st, or if you were able to do what Trace and I weren't able to do, stay up until midnight on uh, December the 31st, when that, when that clock, clock struck midnight, you probably said, thank goodness this year is over. I tell you, I, I don't know what it is about uh, 2020, but I know it'll be something that will be in our vernacular talking about how things were so 2020 and how things are just so just dysfunctional and and messed up. And, you know, honestly, folks, we really can't guarantee what 2021 is going to be like. We wonder and and we wait. But there's one thing that I do know is that the God who was with us in 2019 was the God that was with us in 2020, and it is the same God that will be with us in 2021. So I, I wanted to kind of just lift up my little brief 2020 moment. You know, if, if you remember, maybe you were like me when the year started. We had the, these great plans and, and great dreams about what 2020 was going to be about. 
and then and then of course the pandemic happened and it it changed everything and we were wondering so when uh we were starting to talk about christmas we were wondering what is it that we could do to to make christmas special this year i, I know we're not going to be able to worship like we normally do but but what could we do in order to make christmas just memorable this year. And we decided that we were going to get a 20-foot Christmas tree and we were going to place it out in front. We were going to light the front of the, the in front of the sanctuary and have the tree there. And yeah, this, this is what it looked like. It was so beautiful. And I just, I just want to thank all of the guys that helped put the tree up, all, everybody who helped decorate the tree, everybody who made uh, Christmas Eve night just such a, a powerful and meaningful thing. When I left uh, the church on Christmas Eve, first of all, it was a lot earlier than I normally leave on Christmas Eve. Usually I don't get out of here until about 1 o'clock on Christmas morning just because we normally have an 11 o'clock worship service. But I was able to leave, and, I, and I, I drove around the church again just to get one more final look at the tree and everything. And then, then I, I drove by early that next Monday, the uh, 20. Uh, seventh, no, the 28th for the uh, mobile food pantry, and I saw the tree there, and actually I was there early enough that it was still lit up, and the, the church was still lit up. I was like, oh, that is just so, so beautiful. And then I took a couple of days where, where I, I didn't come into town, and on the 31st of December, I, I came in to, to work in the office, to be here, and as I drove around the side of the building, I saw this. The tree, laying on its side, still lit up, and I just shook my head. I was like, that is so 2020. You know, we tried so hard to make, the, the, the goal, the plan was to have that up all the way through the Christmas season, which actually ends on January the 6th, which is Epiphany. And that's when we celebrate the wise men coming uh, to, to Jesus in, in Bethlehem. And so, okay, well, that, that kind of ruins that. So I, I took a picture. And I sent it to the staff, and I sent it to, you know, to April and Jason Payne, who helped uh, get the tree here, and to, to Jim and Jonelle and the Dean. And I said, like, okay. Well, and it was, it, was, it was pouring down rain, too. So I thought, okay, so we can't really even do anything about it because it's, it's raining. It was all wet around there. I unplugged the, uh, the, the extension cord that was hooked up to it just to make sure it, it, it stayed as safe as we could. And then uh, after I told everybody, it was a plan that after, you know, like on Saturday that it would go. But I got a text message on January the 1st from Jim Melody that had this picture. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but, but for me, that really puts an end cap on 2020. <laughs> you know, we, we, we know what, you know, I know that there's just been so much that has gone on, so, so much death, so much anxiety, so much pressure that, that we've had to deal with with the year 2020. But 2020 is gone. 2020 will not ever be here again. We are looking at a brand new year. A, a brand new way to, to, to hopefully usher in how we do faith. 
And that's why we are starting a new series called Awake, O Sleeper. That's a word that's been with me. And it's been with me a whole lot longer than the beginning of 2021. I, I, I was thinking about this word uh, early, like September, October. It's like there, there, there is something that I feel like God is trying to tell us as God's people. And, and that word that, that God is telling us that, that I think we need to fully live into is the word awaken is that it is so easy for us to be lulled to sleep that we need to, to waken up and hear what it is that God is telling us right here and right now. There's a, something that I do that I know I've shared with a, a few times with you. It's a, called banding. And it's a, it's a small discipleship group that, that we meet online or uh, over the phone. Sometimes we're able to meet in person. I have a three bandmates, two other bandmates that are former congregation members of mine and two other clergy that, that I band together with. And we help support each other as we, we grow in faith and grow in Christ-likeness. And there's an opening sentence that is said every time that, that we get together. It's shared as a, a call and response. It's from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14, and I have it here on the screen. It's these words. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So I want to try something real quick. I, I want to do that call and response with you if, if that is all right. I will say that very first part, awake or sleeper will arise from the dead, and then I want you to, to respond. Even if you are at home, respond out loud and, and go ahead and type it in the chat because I think it's important that, that we do this, that we see the importance of this. So I will say the first part of it, and I invite you to end with the last part of the scripture. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. Amen. Amen. You know, it's easy to fall asleep. It really is. It's really so easy to fall asleep in our faith. And there are many ways that we do this. We fall asleep in our faith because we get comfortable in routines. We, we, we know the things that we do over and over and over and over and over again. And, and we do those things and, and we just, just turn our minds off. And, and we fail to continue to think. We fall asleep when we want to shut out what is going on around us. When maybe we've watched too many uh, news programs or, or we flipped through too many web pages or, or looked at the newspaper one too many times and we go, I just don't want to have anything to do with that ever again. Or we fall asleep when we are so sure in our stances that we refuse to take time to hear if the Holy Spirit has something 
to tell us. If, if you were to take a look at this, this chapter, Ephesians chapter 5, you can see that Paul, even the early church, when Paul was walking around and starting these churches and when he was speaking to Ephesus, they too were falling asleep. Christ was just here. Christ just lived his life. He had, had all of the miracles. There were still eyewitnesses that were around to, to say what it was that Jesus was doing in the communities around them, but people were still falling asleep. It's a problem we have. It's a problem that it's so easy to fall into. So as we start this new year, I really want us to take a look at how we live out our faith. You know, sometimes it's easy to take what we call faith and, and, and use it when we have difficult times. We, we, we call faith as kind of a, uh, a, a guideline or, or a, a life raft or, or a life rope that we, that we hold on to when we know that we're going down. But what would it look like if our lives with Christ was the orienting reality and organizing principle of our whole life? That's what I want to take three weeks for us to look at. How, how can we take the, this faith that we hold on to that I know, I, I know all of you, it, it is so deep and dear and near to you that, that it is something that you hold on to, but, but what if we were to change it to, to how we really oriented our life? I mean, everything that we do, the good, the bad, the joys, the sorrows, all of it. Organizing our life in Christ was active and alive our whole entire life. I think our scripture for this morning gives us the first step of how we make sure we don't fall asleep and how we keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And these words are from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. I invite you to follow along with the words that are on the screen. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith. When we do that, that helps us to know who it is that we follow. It's so easy to follow a whole bunch of other things that are out there right now. But, but the writer of Hebrews reminds us that we, as people who claim Christ in our lives, that we fix our eyes on Jesus. And the best way that we can fix our eyes on Jesus is when we 
fix our eyes on what Christ has done. That's why we proclaim uh, here in this service the Apostles' Creed every Communion Sunday, because it is a reminder to us that, that we don't do this as a, a, a sign of just walking through the motions. We do this because of what Jesus has, has so graciously done for us. We proclaim and believe in the virgin birth. We, we believe and we proclaim his teachings, his miracles. We believe and pro- proclaim his suffering his death, and his resurrection. We believe and we proclaim how he reigns with the Father even now. And just as we talked about throughout the entire Advent season, we believe and we proclaim that he will come again to make all things right, to make all things new, to to bring us into his kingdom fully so that we can live truly as his disciples. And the easiest way to do that is just to, to fix our relationship with Jesus. And the best way that we can fix our relationship with Jesus or, or fix our eyes on our relationship with Jesus is how we begin each day and how we end each day. Now, throughout the history of the church, there, there, there was a movement for, for hourly prayer. And they would spend time in prayer throughout the entire day. And it goes along with what, what Paul talks about with, with never ceasing prayer. But I want to encourage you, my friends, to take the opportunity to pray just like Jesus prayed. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we are told that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then later in Luke chapter 6, verse 19, it gives us a picture of Jesus praying at night. It says, one of those days Jesus went out onto a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to start every day waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning and start praying and and not going to bed until 3 o'clock at night because you've been praying. No, what what I'm inviting you to do is is to make the very first things that that, that comes out of your mouth when you wake up in the morning is is to be a, a prayer to God. And the very last thing you do, but before you close your eyes at night, is to give praise to the God that gave you life, that gave you salvation, that gave you the freedom that we have to live as his disciples. One of the easiest ways to do that is right now, uh, the Seedbed Daily text has a series called First Word, Last Word, God's Word. And and it is a reminder to to take Scripture and let that be the very first thing you say in the morning and the very last thing you say at night as a prayer to our God. Because if you're like me, and I, I realized that this morning, as I'm trying to make sure that, that the very first things that I say in the morning and the very last thing that I say at night are, are God's word, that it's so easy to get distracted. 
especially if you use your smartphone to, to, to read scripture or, or to follow a Bible plan, because a, a notification will trick, or will, will, will tick, tick off on your phone, or, or your thumb will automatically hover over that Facebook button or Instagram button, and you click that, and the next thing you know, you spent the next five minutes scrolling through the thing. Or, or if you're like Tracy and I, one of the things that we do is we go to bed, we, we, we prop open the iPad, and we watch uh, something on YouTube or an episode of The Office. And the next thing you know, we are falling asleep. And the last thing we hear, heaven help us, are words of Michael Scott and not of Jesus Christ. So my friends, please take the opportunity to to fix your eyes on your relationship with God and allow your first word and your last words to be of Christ. In other ways that we fix our eyes on Christ is when we fix our eyes on who we are in Christ. One of the biggest obstacles, and I know, forgive me, that we've talked about this time and time again, is that we fail to acknowledge who we are in Christ. We may think that we're, we're, we're too important or, or, or we're too, too big to need God all the time. Or we may think that we are not important at all. And there is absolutely no reason why God would want to mess with someone like me. My friends, both of those views are wrong. As I continue to say over and over again, words from one of my mentors, James Bryant Smith, who reminds us by saying, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights, and I live in God's unshakable kingdom. Those are really powerful words because, because it reminds us, number one, who we are, and it also reminds us where we live. It reminds us that we are Christ. And Christ dwells within each and every one of us, those who, who claim Christ as their Lord and Savior. And because Christ lives and dwells inside of each and every one of us, anywhere we go is a part of God's unshakable kingdom. And because God's kingdom is never in trouble, neither are we. Isn't that a great promise? Isn't that a great promise to take into this this very brand new year that we are living in? Is that each and every one of us are ones in whom Christ dwells and delights. And because we live in God's unshakable kingdom, we should not be afraid. Now, there's going to be things that will happen. We'll we'll have things that, that might just shake us to the core. But we know, and we know, and we know, and we know that there is always a God who loves us and cares for us. And that is Christ our Lord. Today is Communion Sunday. And I I can't think of a better way than to fix our eyes on Christ than when we come to the table, even with the little bitty cups and wafers that nobody really likes to eat because they taste bad. But that's not what the point is. The point is to have us remember that when we break the bread and when we drink the cup, 
that Christ, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, meets us in this sacrament. And it strengthens us to do his will. So my prayer for us as we come to the table this morning, as we share in the bread, as we share in the cup, we know that in 2020, God had us. But in 2021, as we awake and we see the love and grace of our Savior Jesus Christ poured out on us, we can then share that love and grace with others. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for this gift of communion. And as we, as your children, take this bread and this cup, let it remind us fully of your grace. Help it to, to awaken us to what you are already doing around us. Help us to see your love, your grace, your power pour out on us in new ways. Even as we are still separated, even as we wait for new things to come, allow your grace to pour out on us day after day and renew us as your disciples. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.